0: to bring you some big wonderful exciting news here from self-evident ministry self-evident podcast slash 1776 truth.store slash newsletters and all that kind of stuff we my friends and neighbors are excited to tell you we're back for another episode of self-evident podcast we're glad that you're joining us because we've got a lot to say and maybe some of you don't even care but most of you do and that's a good thing so we want you to comment subscribe share guys go ahead and tell us where exactly you're from? What's going on in your world? Why you're even listening to us? And I love all the comments. We've been getting a ton of detractors, which I love, right, babe? Mm-hmm. By the way, my babe's on the show.
1: Stop.
0: Sit up a little bit, babe. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Oh, you know what? I forgot my
2: booster seat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get the camera off. Get the camera. <laughs> off. Yeah, you need to camera. So today is sponsored by Unk and Onuts. and um, we we I'm I'm kidding. Okay, we're not, but. We got a great show today, guys. We we are we are at the precipice of something wonderful happening in America. Yeah. See, Josh even knows. Share, like, and subscribe. Do all the things. Yes. Do all, all the things. The things. Do all the things. Do all of it, and you need to do all of it. Victoria, thank you from Nevada. Uh, uh Destiny said, Carrie. So you're obviously you're more loved than I. No one gives a crap when Massey's on here, and that's okay. <laughs> I care for you, Massey. <laughs> Wow. Anywho, we are, we are here. So we're, thank you. Thank you. See, because you care about your paycheck. I understand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, when he gets no one.
0: comment. No. Co- <laughs> <laughs> Which means agreement. Hey, so listen, guys, uh, to have Carrie here is is such a huge blessing. And I'll tell you why. Because every time she comes on to the show, she drops bombs. And that's a good thing. She drops good bombs, good knowledge, knowledge. She drops some knowledge on your boy. And so we got to talk about something that's been strong on her heart uh, for a while, actually. And I thought, you know, we're not going to bring hopelessness to this. Mm -hmm. We're going to actually bring hope. We're going to say I even titled this the greatest generation to the entitled generation. But there's a caveat to that. This can be the greatest generation if we do this right. Right. If we train them, if we teach them. So. Right.
1: No, I mean, I actually I mean, we're going to show this in a little bit. I saw a video maybe what, five, four or five months ago on TikTok um, about complaining about The boomer generation versus the modern day millennial and Gen, what is Gen Z generations and how hard the current generations have versus the boomers. And the reason that they don't understand is because they had it so much easier Mm. And Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that when the boomers say just work harder, they don't understand what our culture is today. And that just doesn't work. And and it, I mean, these there's multiple videos. It's like a thing where they're just talking about how hard it is for them and why they can't have a house and why they can't raise kids in, in this modern day world and culture and finances and um, inflation and all that kind of stuff. And it just set me on fire. And I've been talking about it for weeks on end, and I've done multiple you have. TikTok videos on my own account because I was raised by boomers, and I saw how hard they worked. I saw how hard their friends worked, and what they walked through. And I just, and I was like, "Yeah, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not playing those victim games." And so that's kind of what started this.
0: <clears throat> so I, I, John Flick just said, "My parents are watching. Don't screw up." Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good with that. I, I think, I think that relies mainly on our producers, though. I'm 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 <laughs> no looking fre- at them no both pressure. right now, which, by the way, I have to say, they're they're awesome. They're, they're just amazing. And so that's I'm nervous now. People are people are people are watching and, and I'm nervous. So let's get into this. I'm I, we got this video. You want to tee this? Yeah. Up?
1: No, I mean, this is one of the videos that I saw. It's kind of long. we we'll probably won't play at all. Um, but this is just the modern day mentality about talking about how the boomers had it so much easier than we do today. So um, if you could go ahead and play this video, like I said, it's long. We will probably, by the way, I don't
0: have dirt on my lip. This is a mustache. Okay. I'm trying.
3: (laughs) Did you watch Top Gun? Shut up.
4: I always get such a kick out of that when all these boomers get on TikTok and tell everybody about how they just need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and get to work and uh, your life can be so much better. But I just, I don't understand how they can possibly be so dense. Like, nothing is, nothing is that simple these days. And then the fact that, I don't know if they're the ones that ruined it. Somebody ruined things along the way. I mean, luckily, me and my girlfriend seem to do all right, uh, financially. But I mean, the cost of housing has gone up, like, threefold. Um, minimum wage went from, like, 318 and, or 315 in 1980 to what like 715 now hasn't kept up with inflation at all. CEOs uh pay since 1980 has increased like 1300%. I mean all these numbers are super easy to look up online. So I don't know I like I just don't understand when these people get on and they're like, "Oh, you just got to just got to work harder." Like what? No. Like the system is is in shambles currently, and they just they, they don't get it at all. Like Because you used to be able to, uh, you know, have three, four kids, stay at home, uh, have a stay at home mother and then uh, have the dad work at like a manufacturing job that required no college. I mean, college is a whole nother thing. Let's not even get into that where you have to. I I mean, 1980s used to be affordable, pay a couple grand for uh, tuition a year. Now it's 50, 60 grand. And now you're required to get a college job, even to have an entry level job that doesn't pay anything. And then you get out of school, and you got two hundred dollars or two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt underneath you, and you're trying to figure out how to how you're going to pay that off, and then trying to buy a house when you can barely afford rent because rent's through the roof now, and then vehicles you can't even find a, a used vehicle like you used to any uh, anymore. You used to be able to. F- just he
1: just. This <laughs> He is- just goes on and on.
4: Go ahead. Oh,
3: I do want to point out how nice his car looked in
1: this. <laughs> like, I legit was going like, to say the same thing, but I was he like, He had ah! the
0: sunroof and everything and, <laughs> and leather nice seats leather." And... Mm. Okay, first off, I, I just, I just hard want... making videos. Well, <laughs> I, I want to say everything he said is actually factually true that inflation has gone up, prices have gone up, college tuition has gone up. But I can promise you, if any one of you look in the, Beam with me here, Scotty. Okay, track here. If you go look up every single one of the things that he was complaining about inflation and all these other things going up, government's involved. Right. When government started to subsidize schooling, insurance, car manufacturers, all these other things, that's when prices started to go up because they now know they now know that even if we screw up, government's going to bail us out. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to care. That's why insurance goes skyrocketing because it's no longer part of the free market. It's what government can subsidize first? So, because we have the states doing it now, or the, the state governments and, and, and federal government. Every single thing he was talking about college, if people forfeit on their loans, the government will subsidize it. Mm-hmm. So, they can charge the $60,000 and do all these things. They can charge higher rents because somehow government will subsidize it.
1: Right. You see well, what I'm I, saying? I mean, I just listen to everything he says, and in my mind is reeling about how there is, it's not black and white as that. There's ways to work around it, right? Okay, a fifty-sixty thousand dollar education. Did our parents, did my parents, boomers, have the opportunity to graduate high school with a two-year degree for free, like kids nowadays can?
0: Ooh! When we
1: were graduated in nineteen ninety-nine, we had the thing called PSEO, where we could go to college half day at high school, half day at college, and we grad. Not me. We graduated. <laughs> <laughs> we graduated.
0: <laughs> Overachievers over here.
1: We graduated with a two year degree and then you could finish your bachelor's at a uh, technical school or at a trade school. I mean, I'm just I have so many like it's not as black and white as that. And if you're creative and you want to survive and live and thrive, you can work around all those oppressive <laughs> things that the boomers didn't understand. Do you get what I'm saying? I it's totally so get it. it's just so ugh.
0: but it's it, but that mentality. He's like, I don't care who did it. I don't know who did it. I don't know how. You can literally go back to where government got involved and they started to bail out, which is not even in their function. And I don't care you who seriously try to get me to say, well, the government, you don't even One guy actually said this on one of our comments. He said, you don't understand the Constitution. Government has all the authority. I said, show me in the Constitution where they have all authority. Right. He goes, it's not explicitly stated in there. It's just that they're the government.
1: That's the mentality of that. We're trying to disarm because it's not true.
0: I'm literally sitting there. I'm like, so what you're saying is I I had to comment back and he blocked us and the whole thing. What you're saying is we just give government carte blanche because they have the word government next to it. That Mm -hmm. is the biggest problem we've seen from the 40s and from the 30s and the 20s to now. Government does everything for us. We complain to the government when we want marriage to be codified. We complain to the government when we need more money. We complain to the government when college is too high. We complain mm-hmm. to the government when insurance is too high. We don't complain about all this other stuff when it's our responsibility that we gave over to a government. Right. It's us that did it. Yeah. And we're complaining. Now, why is this needed to be talked about? I know there's a ton of podcasts that sit there and say the this generation, Gen Z is 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 the most entitled and all these other things which we entitled that but there's a reason we did the reason is because we didn't teach them we didn't teach them how to be now this generation isn't entitled because of their own selves i believe we taught it i believe we truly did teach this generation how not to be Mm -hmm. we did Because we didn't teach them about good work ethics and views. We taught them about, well, hey, you should just be you. It's Mm -hmm. all about you. You need to be heard. Yeah, you need to be validated. Everything that you feel has to come out in the open. Now, uh, there's a lady that just came out, basically said in Colorado, they have laws saying that if a kid wants to have a sex change, they can go to their counselors. They don't need to go to their parents. There's an actual law that parents don't have the right to know what their kids are going through because their parents aren't trustworthy.
2: Mm Literally.
0: Literally. And our producers are laughing right now. Did you want to say something, big boy? Yeah, I got a couple. Really, am I on? Yeah, I am. Yeah. You I just, just can't hear myself. You just have a low <laughs> voice. Come on, Gen Z.
3: Anyway, uh, Josh, Josh, there are a couple uh really great comments over here. Josh says this, that scary quote of I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Destiny also says they have, they have that in high school. It's dual enrollment and. Um, to have your AA by the end of high school.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That's crazy. So you have for,
0: two f- for free. Well, so then you have yeah. two years of college to pay for. And let me just say this. Let's say you do go to these higher education places, mm-hmm. right? Is is Harvard the place we need to go? Like, think with me. Think with me. You talked about back in the day, they lived within their means a lot right. of the times, right? Yeah. And, and it wasn't perfect. Okay. They had their moral issues and we can, we're going to talk about all yeah. that. But today it's like to have the word Harvard, to have the yeah. word Yale, Princeton right. is like the Clancy. thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to go to a, you know, a, a non known college or a, a, a lesser paid college or a, a lower tuition college, right. I should say. Instead of doing that and getting the same exact education, you can go online and find all these things that they're learning at Harvard because they yeah. do have har- classes online. You can do all that stuff and learn just as much as they mm-hmm. can. For a fraction of the price right but because we have the word harvard and jobs won't even look at you with so then why would you want to work for a company like that
1: right well i think it goes to uh number whatever we were talking about four, where these generation our generation generation we're millennials gen z's the next ones didn't learn the concept of what it means to sacrifice Ooh. so where my parents uh in generations before them had a healthy understanding like okay i would love Harvard. My dad was accepted to Dartmouth. He didn't go.
0: For all you people that don't know what Dartmouth is, neither did I (laughs) until I looked it up.
1: It's a very prestigious (laughs) college. He was going to be a doctor and he was accepted, but he didn't go because his parents couldn't afford it. So he didn't take out, you know, $100,000 loan or whatever it was at the time. He didn't take out a loan. He went to a lower grade college and graduated because they understood the concept of sacrifice, sacrificing the, I don't know, the modern day trends of keeping up with the Joneses, Joneses they knew what it meant to sacrifice. Yep. And so I think that's a, a huge, like almost foundational concept when we're talking about this issue. We wrote a whole list of the difference between boomers and modern day, you know, millennials or Gen Zs. And I think the whole basis of the difference was understanding what it means to sacrifice
0: to give us a better life. Yeah. Right. So he said in there, I don't know who did it. I don't know who dropped the ball. That's the problem with these 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 generations. We're trying to blame someone for the crap happening instead of trying to just overcome the situation we're actually in. What is the point in blaming people? Right. What does that do? You know what it does? It empowers you to sit in your mess and have someone coddle you. Right. Because that's what little kids do. They blame their brother for blah, blah, blah. It's like, why are you blaming it? Just fight for yourself. Right. Stand up for yourself. Go do something right. yourself. Overcome the obstacle. Dude, I could literally blame racism for why my dad didn't make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I saw it happen with my eyes. I used to go to jobs with him and they passed him up for 18 year old white kids. And my dad was a Mexican, 40 mm-hmm. years old with a college degree. Mm-hmm. For, for I saw it twice. Yeah. Right. I could easily say dad was passed over by so many jobs. Dad, my dad was one of the hardest workers, still is one of the hardest workers I've ever known. My dad yeah. never complained, never took time off. My dad, my dad broke his hand in a in a in a in a press like it, it caught his hand. And he went in. Mm-hmm. He had to have surgery, went to work the, the, the same day. Yeah. And so like I was taught early. You can't sit down, son. You've got to work for your family. Yeah. I was taught good things. I was taught some bad things, but I was taught mainly good things, how to work hard. Mm-hmm. Don't take time off. You, my capacity's high. I can run, do m- multiple things at once because I was taught that. And one of the biggest issues I have with this is my dad never one time blamed anything for his lack yeah. or what he didn't have. You know what he did? He got up the next day and went to work. He got up the next day and went to work. He rejoiced mm-hmm. in the Lord. He was still a dude. He was working full time while being a pastor. <clears throat> wow. yeah, while right. being a pastor of a church. Right. And and no complaints, right? Like he would he would get frustrated about things, but that's normal. That's who we are, right? We we're in the flesh. And my dad sat there and and taught us all how to work hard, right? My little sister has his character. T-
1: tell him what your dad would tell you and your brothers and sister about welfare.
0: Oh yeah. So one time it was it was about twenty. I think it was nineteen ninety six or five. The the whole welfare was coming out with the Democrats Republicans back at the time. And my I I told my dad I was like. Um, I said, dad, I could be on welfare, too, you know, because we had we needed food stamps Dad wasn't working. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, dad was working, but it was really hard to find good paying jobs, you know, for a laborer with a college degree, by the way. So right. he dealt with it, too. Yeah. So don't don't give me this crap. So we'd sometimes have food stamps. There was times we didn't need it. Sometimes we did. Right. And he got assistance through college for the gas vouchers and things like that because we needed it. And he worked full time while going to college. I mean, just this is right. so gosh, you know what I mean? Never complain. You know what he told me and my brother's? And my sister, he said, if you ever get on welfare, I'll break your legs. You don't need them. (laughs) Yeah. He literally told us that if you get on welfare, I will break your legs myself. God gave you these, these and this to go work. Mm -hmm. He gave it to you. Now go use it. And we have. And my dad seriously is one of the people. Pastor Todd, I admire him, too. Working hard. I mean, they, they push through. They don't care. They don't make excuses. They keep moving forward. You will never read in the Bible. Let me just make this clear. You'll never read in Scripture. Anywhere, anywhere where personal responsibility isn't needed. You'll never see a yep. victim in the Bible. Right. Never. You see David being persecuted by Saul, overcame it. You see Moses going through the children of Israel, complaining about it. Jethro comes in, God blesses it. You see the children of Israel go up against other nations; they don't blame themselves. They don't. They don't go in a victim. Of, Lord, they're just so big. And then He sends Joshua and Caleb to say, "No, no, they're bred for us. Go take the land." Yeah. You know what I mean? You never see Paul complaining and being a victim about the things he went through for the Gospels. Right.
3: So you you said that, and my mind immediately went to um, to Adam and Eve what did they do eve immediately blamed the serpent refused to take ownership of it and then adam immediately blamed the woman Mm -hmm. and and what i notice is is that when we point the finger and when we're blaming someone it's not us shifting the problem onto someone else that is us giving up all of our rights and authority to that person and whatever they say and whatever they do Control over my life yeah whatever they say or do they have they now have control over what happens to me. Amen. Right. And that's exactly what happened in the garden because Adam shifted the, the authority and the blame to the woman and the woman shifted the authority and the blame to the serpent. They were then punished.
0: You know, right. what's great. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, well, you don't, I mean, like, you look at that story and you take that story to uh, modern day, right? We all would be like, that mean, evil serpent. God didn't ta- even ta- address the serpent. Ooh. he didn't even talk about like see? he literally came and tempted them. Dang. He didn't even address the serpent. And so that's like these people blame you Wow. Like, what are you? What is what are you called to do? What is your
0: responsibility? Amen. See, that's what I'm saying. Dropping some knowledge. I didn't even <laughs> think of that. He never one time said, well, yeah, I see that. Yeah, the yeah. serpent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah, you're right. I understand completely. You know what happened, though? That was the first time Adam ever heard shame. And the first time he heard shame, he made excuses. I believe kids make excuses because they're walking in shame. They don't know freedom in Christ. They don't know the Gospels, right? That's why you see so much suicide is because they're walking around in their shame. They're walking around in guilt. And what they're Mm -hmm. trying to do is blame everybody else for their guilt. Yeah. That's what Adam did. You're you're right. So the first time they hear shame or they feel shame, well, I got to point my finger. Look at our boys. Yeah. Whenever they get busted, well, I didn't, it wasn't me. You, you literally have cake I batter literally all over your Yeah, what? yeah. You have cookie dust all over your face. There's chocolate chips on your hands. And you're like, it wasn't me. It was you. Like, and it's okay. I'm not, if you would just be, I literally, I have two rules with the boys. You know this. Yeah. If they're honest with me, they don't get punished. I have forgiveness for them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't get, they don't get uh, chastised. They, they'll get a punishment, but they won't get right. chastened. If they hide it, they get punished. That's it. Just be yeah. honest with me. And I'm teaching them openness because when you're open, God can forgive. He doesn't want you to walk in the pain of sin. Mm. He wants you to get rid of the sin so he can forgive you. He wants you in perfect standing with him. Yeah. Right. And these kids don't know that. And they need the gospels. We need to get into this. You no, start? I, yeah. I was just
1: going to. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go.
0: You got something to say, girl. Right. Come on. Say it. Get on. the Get on the microphone.
2: Well, it's not really about the topic, but like, I think we do need to reach out a little bit more because I don't know if you guys heard, but like the thing in Tampa with that school that happened. Did you guys hear about mm-hmm. that?
4: No, what? It was
2: in Tampa and then there was this kid. Um, I heard this from my friend. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. I heard this from my friend and she was telling me like that there was this kid at a school and it was actually one of, it was like Miss Tiffany, not Miss Tiffany, but like a granddaughter of some kind or something. And he, she like jumped out the window or something because and then like the last thing she said was like god doesn't exist nothing exists and then she jumped out the window so i was like we do need to like you know probably yeah like like, yeah
0: preach the gospel more reach out to these young people right
2: because they're not getting and i like to believe like personally like if someone is in that dark and they think nothing exists then like i i have to like convince myself that they're not gonna I believe that it's not their fault that they're going somewhere. I think it's other people's fault for not reaching out for them. So I believe that because they had no control over who would talk to them about the gospel or not, that they wouldn't go there and mm. they'd go to the heaven and the other place. Dang. So
3: I got a, a perfect segue. Dang. Going from
0: just, that j- one second, just meditate on what she said. Go for it. It is literally Charles Spurgeon saying, Don't let people go to hell. Make sure they have to leap over our bodies mm-hmm. yeah. before they go to hell. The, the the responsibility of the gospel is entrusted to the Christian. The Christian can't be pointing the fingers. We have a job to do. This is why we do self-evidence. This is why we go <laughs> to schools and colleges and do all these events because there's kids that need the gospel. And this year's focus, if you guys don't know, 2022's focus is discipleship. Mm-hmm. We are going to train and disciple people to be exactly who we are, or if you can be uh, in, Christ, clo- yeah, yeah. in Christ, to go out and do this too. I don't want to do it all. I don't want to do this. Right. I want more people to do it so that they can feel fulfilled in their calling. Mm-hmm. So we're coming out with new curriculums and things to disciple. But listen to what she said. This is a 13-year-old person, young woman, who is saying, it is the responsibility of the church to reach out. Mm-hmm. That's a heart's cry right mm-hmm. there. She knows this generation. So does my oldest son, 14 yeah. years old. They know, they see it, mm-hmm. right? This is why it's not just entitlement. We've taught them to be entitled. Right. We've allowed it to happen.
1: Right. Well, it just, um, we'll get to your point, Elijah, in a second. Um, I think it reaches one of our points that in the boomer generation, the generation before the church was like the central focus of community Ooh, and society yeah. and Um, in even bigger cities like it was common for them to go to church so if you were struggling like with you know mental health or struggling financially struggling with your family it was common to walk in community with the church where they would help you versus this teaching where well the government will just take care of me that wasn't it just wasn't I mean I don't want to say it as black and white as that but it just wasn't a thing and so the church was that community that people need Go
3: ahead oh but yeah um, to to really go off of what Trinity said there is a serious problem with with people not going to get help and also people not reaching out to those that they know are in trouble mm-hmm. I mean I just saw a commercial that's been airing in Canada Carrie Booth if you're in here you might know um, there's a com- a commercial romanticizing assisted suicide. they are they are making it seem like a a beautiful thing to happen and they're they are targeting targeting it towards the youth to let them know that hey there is no hope if you're stuck in depression hey if you're stuck in addiction there is no hope for you this is the only way out and it's a beautiful thing so let's do it and that's the Um, thing about this generation is that we this is the perfect generation for satan to attack because we are A uh, an instant gratification generation.
1: Yeah, right. We
3: need everything right now. Whether it's entertainment through social media, whether it's affirmment through relationships, or whether it's through payment through jobs being paid weekly or whatever.
1: Yeah, so we
3: need everything now.
1: That actually goes into this um, the next topic I was going to talk about because when I first heard these videos talk of these people complaining about how we just have it so much harder than older generations, what really infuriated me was that you can't complain about how easy those older generations had it unless you're willing to live like the older generations and that doesn't include the instant gratification so we just made a whole list right let's just go down that list let's do it a little bit how they live differently guys comment
0: about what we're thinking what we're seeing here comment your comments below we want to respond to them. We yeah. want to read them online so we can answer them if you have them or just a comment that you're really feeling yourself saying, man, we need to add this. We need to do that. We right. love your participation. Right.
1: So our parents, grandparents, we're not going out and buying $5, $6 coffees every other day or every day.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Condemnation.
0: <laughs> I didn't buy it. Liza did. Anywho, <laughs> We're paying them back. Ouch. Okay.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, They weren't going out to eat constantly. They weren't buying name brand clothing for their kids. They didn't have to have Nike and Under Armour and Puma and Adidas. And I'll just stop talking.
0: (laughs) No, I'm saying keep doing it. I'm narrating your thing.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's we'll go. That's what you were doing. Okay. Talk. oh gosh
4: <laughs>
1: okay so She's they were uh willing to drive paid off cars mm-hmm. they didn't have to have the newest latest trend they were willing they didn't have to have the newest latest trend in an iphone ipad i watch they didn't have to have all of that <laughs> no no condemnation i
3: bought all the older generations <laughs> of this stuff See, with well, my own hard earned money
1: Right. That's what I'm talking about. Like you're willing to live within your means or you're willing to do what needs to be done. Truth. Which means, okay, fun facts. We're not just listing this list to talk about how they don't understand. We're actually living this list right now. So we've in our, and I think it comes down to being stewards and financially responsible with your finances. So we've in our personal family have cut out things like coffees, going out to eat, Massey just sold his truck and bought a $2,000 1998 Lexus. So we're saving on the car payment and the gas money that was going out. And what I'm, my whole point is, is that that generation again, was willing to live within their means and it didn't, they didn't need this instant gratification. They didn't have to have all the new trends. Like my parents and all of our, you know, again, uh, family friends, they weren't updating their kitchen and, uh, interior decoration every three to five years. Like they had the same Ooh, that's stuff good.
2: the that's entire
1: good. 20 years, 25 years that I lived at home. So it wasn't this constant need for upping, upping our lives and living in the trends that were available, yeah. which goes back to kind con- you know, social media and how that pushes all these things that you want to buy. Yeah. And like low key, I was just talking to Sarah about how she was like, Hobby Lobby has 70% off on all the Christmas decorations. And I was like, la, 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 don't talk to me. I can't hear this because I want to update all of our Christmas decorations. But that's the thing. Do I need it?
0: I think, too, like, so go with everything you're saying, right? This is what happens when people don't have basic tenets of the gospel. Yeah. Because when you're reading things like Luke, and because I told you I wanted to pepper scripture in here, everything you said was right, they counted the cost. Mm hmm. Right. Right. I just want to read Luke 14, 28. People are like, well, it's so hard to live in New York. Well, did God tell you to move to New York and suffer like that? Was that meant to happen? Now, you may have to if that's what God tells you. But God will provide a way. Right. Right. So we hate that we're on the line. Right. When that's faith living. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what's his name. George uh, Mueller Mueller, who lived on the line. He considered it faith to live on the line. Today's generation is, I can't make it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've taught them that. Now listen to this, Luke 14, 28. I just want to read it. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to 27 first. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Then he says, 28, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down, count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. This is Jesus saying, if you're going to build something, you better make sure you have it all, because you know what we end up doing? Oh, Lord, I thought you said you wanted me to build a tower. Mm-hmm. I did. But is it timing? Right. Do you have everything necessary? Right. Have you stored up the, the the stuff that you need? Did you make sure to talk to all these people? Are you sure you have everything done? This is Christ literally saying, which one of you will build something without first counting the cost? See if you got everything you need. These kids. Well, I want to go live in New York and have a star-studded dream. Dude, rents in New York are insane. hmm there's yes. people living with four people deep and they're $2,200 a month Four people paying $2,200 a month. Yeah. Nice. There's this dude on TikTok. He's doing it. Like, I don't I'm not on TikTok. Yeah. I see it on Instagram. He's like, how much do you pay in rent? Five thousand a month with a roommate.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Right. So it's like, did did God like were you led to go to New York? Mm-hmm. Are you complaining because you weren't following the will of God? Mm-hmm. Right. And so we blame God because he didn't come through for me. He's literally saying here, you didn't count the cost. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault. I didn't tell you to do that. And I think that's where a lot of even ministries today fail. I think because they're like, well, I, was, I feel like I'm supposed to be preaching. I'm supposed to be in ministry. Great, great. But you're two years into Christianity, right? You mm-hmm. still don't know the word, right? You're still trying to figure out your own faith walk. You heard a word from someone else to tell you to go do this, mm-hmm. right? So you step into it, not knowing what it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And nobody really understands. Once you step into the level of ministry, it's a whole different world. right? Spiritually, mentally, physically it drains you financially, Financially, it'll, it'll, it'll hit you if if you're focused on the right. But then you hit, like Josh said before, you get into God's economy, God's way of thinking. You you start to step in faith that God does own the cattle on a thousand hills. You start this whole process of sowing and reaping. Lord, we've sown, we're we're asking you to reap. And and Lord, we sown faithfully, Lord, into good fertile ground. We know what we're sowing into. Lord, bless it, please. So there's this whole other aspect that people don't know, and they're, they're running from God who's teaching them how to do it.
1: Right. Well, I was going to say, like you talk about uh, God's finances and kingdom finances. You think about the concept that God calls you to give away money. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, there's a you could argue whether Ooh, this is biblical good. or not, but you have a 10 percent tithe, right? A lot of Christians do more than 10%. So like we do more than 10%. I'm not patting ourselves on the back, but you think about the concept of I'm supposed to, I need to live and you want me to give ten, like 15, right. 10, 15% of my money away. But that is kingdom finances. Like you're sowing and he's, you're reaping of his benefits Come on. financially. And it's just, it's, I mean, our uh, worship leader talked about it on Wednesday. Like
0: such a good story. Dude. Yeah.
1: Like you live in God's kingdom. And it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense spiritually, uh, physically, with your health. It doesn't make sense financially. It just doesn't make sense. But it works because it's his will. And that's the thing about, like, you know, did you follow God's will? I think a lot of times we don't understand. So I was in a Bible study, and I've said this before. I was in a Bible study, you know, two, three years ago. And this older lady, we were talking about God's will. And people were like, am I in God's will? You know, it's like I get... Frustrated, show me your will, show me your will. And she said, uh, Oswald Chambers had a, his utmost for our highest. or that,
0: for, f- Utmost for his
1: highest. His highest. It was a devotion for one day. And he said, people don't understand when they're seeking the w- will of God and they're begging for God's will. They don't understand that we are God's will. Like Amen. We are God's will. And so sometimes it's like walking in his kingdom and letting him bless you just because you're his will. Not Amen. that you have to do this thing. Where do you want me? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And
0: I think that's the biggest question we get when we step out or whatever. It's like, do you ask the Lord for like all these things? I'm like, actually, yes and no. There's times where it's like, I just knew we were going to move to Florida. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And do you remember that decision? you remember how hard mm-hmm. that was? It was like, well, do we stay here? And I work hard and I could be in a welding shop. I could probably own the oh, shop yeah. in five years. Yeah. And it was like, I was talking to the boss about it. He's like, you know, I want an exit plan. So I was talking. this is a two million dollar operation. He was like, you know, I, I want to kind of bring you in this conversation because mm-hmm. I work hard. And I was like, yes. And so <clears throat> we had this dilemma of me staying there for five more years, foreman, learning the business. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would buy it from him and all that kind of stuff. Like we were talking. Then there's this other option of move to Florida by faith, unknown. But I knew that was the right move. Right. And I remember God, I, I felt the Lord and you felt it, too. The Lord say either one yeah. green light, make yeah. me either decision. I'll bless it. It was not even a week later. My younger brother who lived two hours away drove all the way. He said, don't leave your house. I'm coming up right now. I have a word to give you. Cool. So he drives up. Remember, Brian comes in plays with little Aaron for five seconds. He goes, I feel the Lord telling me to tell you this, whatever decision you make, you have a green light. I'll bless either one. Literally did that. Got up, walked out, drove back. Cause he had to go work that night. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. I was like, dang.
1: Yeah.
0: Th- so those kinds of things happen. And I was like, well, then we're moving to Florida. Number one, because of the weather. Because <laughs> God yeah, is good.
1: Hallelujah. We came from Minnesota. So it was Minnesota.
0: not that hard of a
1: decision. <laughs> right, right, it wasn't that <laughs>
0: tough. But number two, we knew stepping out in faith has always been our lives. Like, literally, I don't think we've yeah. never been in a situation where we're not stepping out in faith somehow. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about expansion and growth and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Then coming here, uh, guys, we should do a whole testimony thing of our of our trial she put it in a book or something or like a documentary but like I was under a bad leader for 12 years he puts me under a leader like Todd Mazingo Pastor Todd Mazingo at Revive Church for the last five six years showing me what a true leader does how he's supposed to walk what he's supposed to do how he's supposed to think how to bless others Mm -hmm. right he's a type a just like the other leader I was under but this dude knows his authority Mm -hmm. and it's like he blesses and I'm not saying he's perfect. That's not the issue. The issue is showing me what leadership is for the next 15, 20 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I'm in this church still doing self-evident, going out and traveling and preaching with a healthy view of God's love. Right. All that stuff happened. Stepping out in faith. And most people don't realize stepping out in faith is walking God's economy. It was it was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, self-evident is not. Not yet. We, no, no. Listen, <laughs> I agree. We are literally called a nonprofit. It is the truth. Like every bit of money. I just had a board meeting every bit. We did more with our money this year than we did last year. We did more this year, right? Mm -hmm. Cutting expenses than we did last year. And God's still moving. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we're faithful to that. We want to remain faithful stewards of what he's given us. But we're believing for big things. We really are. I'm believing we will take the nation. I'm believing kids will be saved. I'm believing for revival just like the churches, but I'm believing that it won't just happen in the church. It's going to happen in colleges. It's going to happen in their schools. It's going to happen in homes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be different than what we've ever seen before, but we're going to see revival happen under good leadership. Right. I really believe God has to, it's Jeremiah three and 23. He will give them pastors after their own heart. Mm -hmm. So when we're seeing generations like this, we're seeing generations hurt and fail. And we're seeing, Uh, Like we we talked about the the parents in the home back then, you know, the the guy complained, well, a woman could stay at home with the kids and the dad had to work. Yeah. You know why? Because they weren't living outside their means. They didn't have credit cards. They didn't have all these things that in the greatest generation, Mm -hmm. they had to go work or I'm sorry, most of them were in the war. while wives and you you tell me the women empowerment, women were the ones working in the factories. Women Mm -hmm. and the ones were were doing the the sports and the leagues and stuff like that women stepped up and still had to take care of their kids. Yeah.
1: Well, and that goes back to like, it's just, you. sometimes you just got to shake your head. Like these generations now talking about how, how hard they had it. It's like, can we talk sure. about how the I don't even know what the generation before the boomers was called. I don't know the name of it, but I mean, other than the greatest generation, but like,
0: that's literally what they're called.
1: They live through the depression. <laughs> the depression for a reason they were depressed they lived through world war ii like tell me how hard it is that you can't buy you know a four hundred thousand dollar home tell me how hard this generation has i'm sorry i'm a little cynical because like take some history notes about how hard these older generations actually had it right go ahead
3: Isaac.
1: Um, i mean isaac elijah isaac
0: Wow. they're they're called they're called traditionalists then baby boomers then generation okay. x and then millennials then gen-, gen z
3: so as as someone who was born at the kind of beginning of gen z i see this so much and and i just think about that whole uh, what what is it called that whole uh cliche yeah the
1: sh-
3: the hard times create strong men which create good times those good times create weak men which create bad times mm. and those bad times create strong men to then create it's just a full circle and yeah, i i see that right now and i see i see two parts of that cycle in this generation because i see the men who are going after god and i see the men who are waking up who were weak men and now making themselves strong men who are saying no i don't want to submit i don't want to get rid of my masculinity And follow what the world is saying. I want to be strong. I want to provide for my family. And I don't want to cheat while doing
1: it. Yeah. And then
3: you have those who are saying, I don't have enough for college. I don't have enough for for this. I don't Mm -hmm. have enough for that. I just blah, 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 whatever. It's it's so obnoxious to see those people because it hurts to see right now those people are progressing financially and, and socially more than those who are truly working hard.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: but that's the thing those who are truly working hard aren't working for that immediate gratification right
0: right yeah. right. we are right.
3: working for the future in mind we're working for the next five years 10 years or even 20 years in mind so that yeah even though right now will suck hopefully my future wife and my future children will not have to lay a or will not have to lift or lay a single brick until my future children are of age to start working and my yeah. future wife can peacefully rest. Yeah.
1: Well, I think. I, go go ahead. ahead.
0: No. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. So I have this chart. It's, it's it's got four different categories. So they don't even have Gen Z on this one. It went from traditionalists to baby boomers to Gen X to millennials. And then there's still yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. But I just want to read a couple things. This was a university. I think it's University of Southern Florida that actually did this chart. Mm-hmm. And it was like how each one of them dealt in their lifetimes with certain things. Like here's a good one: family experience. The traditionalists were traditional. There were nuclear families. Baby boomers were uh, disintegrating the clever family. Uh, Mom stayed home because children were seen as special. Gen X came up latchkey kids. What did you use that term? Latchkey
1: kids were when both parents had to work. That was a generation where both parents had to work um, for surviving income or more than what we were not wanting to live within our means. They wanted more. So both parents had to work. So the kids would come home from school. They had a key usually around their neck or in their pocket latchkey where they could let themselves into the house. You because, people, weird. <laughs> because no one was home.
0: I'm Not my me. Mom. I'm, I'm my my mom, mom. mom was home. So then it was latchkey kids. Women widely were expected to work outside the home. This was the first daycare generation. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Enough. Said. Enough said. Dual-income families. Now the millennials were the merge families. Coddled kids got a trophy for coming in eighth place, type of thing. That's when you really started to see things. Now this is a university. This isn't a right or left thing, yeah. right? Education to the traditionalists was a dream. To the baby boomers, it was a birthright. Mm-hmm. To Gen X, it was a way to get there. The millennials, it's an incredible expense. You see the, the yeah. difference in mentality? Right. The, 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 the traditionalists were like, man, that, that'd be a dream to get a college yeah. education. Right. Your grandfather on your right. mom's side was an engineer. Right. 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 And he was just a normal Italian guy who
1: German, but German, Italian.
0: Italian. He looked Italian.
1: Yeah, he looked Italian. Yeah. Anyways. Right. No, I mean, that's I think about both my sets of grandparents who both served in World War Two lived through the, dep- the depression my my grandpa on my mom's side so her dad who i never met actually served in both world war 1 and world war II. and yeah they didn't they didn't go to college they again worked hard and that whole concept of working harder is really true i wanted to point out too with this generation i don't know if you were done um
0: there's a couple but oh.
1: but the ability to have a side hustle in our day and age far out it like infinitely, is Dude. infinitely more than what our parents and their, my grandparents had. There was
0: no such thing as internet there was, back then.
1: Right. There was no, for a side hustle. We have a friend. Okay. I just want to point this out. He works a full-time job. He hires people, I think he said, for $30 to do a piano, um, what am I trying to say, like a piano version of worship songs. That's it. Piano. So it's not like a whole production, a piano versions of worship songs. He ups uplo- ah, he uploads them to Spotify and he makes four grand a month That's, on his it's Spotify. More, it's more now. What's well, It was when he was living here with us.
0: Yeah. It's more now. He's right. making at least 70 grand a right. year, 70, 80 grand a year. Right. We, on top his, of working a full-time job.
1: So his, uh, is it brother or cousin? I'm cousin. not sure. Cousin. cousin. They upload white noise, um, Sleeping things for babies and for whatever, and they make 25 grand a month on their sleep uploads. Yeah. Like,
0: we in the wrong business, right? Folks. I know, and
1: those are just like <laughs> those are simple side hustles that, like, <clears throat> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 25 grand a month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, just Elijah.
0: having a mental
1: no, I'm just saying, like, the ability to have a side hustle in our day and age is infinitely more than what our parents had, right? So, like. It literally is just stepping out and on top working of, hard. On top I'm sorry being, it is.
0: On top of being a social media, because everybody wants to be a social media influencer. We want right. our social medias to hit because right. we get sponsorships and all this other stuff. And it's like a lot of these kids that are social media influencers, they started off with full-time jobs. They would do their right. stuff at night. Um, I know a lot of YouTube channels started that way. By uh, Script Garage, I follow him. I love his videos. Yeah. and But he was working full-time doing these videos at night, would mm-hmm. have to work till 3 in the morning, mm-hmm. uploading, editing, blah, blah, blah. Now he's got almost what, like 2 million subscribers. Yeah. And, you know, they're going all over the place. He's got his own show on power nation right. now. Cause he fixes cars. And it's like, he does his own YouTube channel and power nation. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's working his butt off. And it's like, he just understood something. Like he would always talk about his dad taught him that, like the yeah. hard work growing up on a farm, that kind of thing. I just have one more piece of this chart thing that I want to read before we continue. This, this was dealing with money. These four categories, yeah. how, how the traditionals dealt with money was yeah, they put it away. They paid by cash, cash on the barrel, And they save, save, save. That was their thing. Baby boomers by now pay later
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because that was the time of expense, man. Generation was um, cautious, conservative, save, save, save. You know why? Because the boomers generation
1: X. okay, because
0: the boomers went through a 17 percent inflation. They went through rationing with gas. Let's talk about that. Right. So there was all this stuff like we're not seeing. Why did they go through that? Put away, save, save, save. They were conservative, cautious. In the 80s, when Reagan came in, it was like, okay, we need to do the Reagan thing, which wasn't a perfect plan at all. You know, businesses went down, too. But like you saw, because they went through this weird, steep thing in the 70s under Carter and and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. It went weird. And then now the millennials, they earn to spend. We went back to the baby boomer thing. Right. So now we're dealing with what the baby boomers went through. Like, right. So Mm -hmm. because our or this generation of the Gen Zers don't understand really what real hardship is like the inflation and the the
1: depression. Well, I mean, we talked about this before we even started about how living within your means is not something you do when there's a financial crisis. It's something you a lifestyle that you live. So when there is a financial crisis, you're not like, oh, my gosh, we're screwed. And that's what the I believe the millennials and the Gen Z's don't understand. Like you live within your means as a lifestyle, not just because gas is three ninety nine or because, you know, food is at all time high inflation. You get what I'm saying, like, had we lived within our means before this under Trump, under, you know, whoever, when when we weren't at this crazy high inflation, we we really wouldn't have a problem. True. And we talked about uh, the thing that I, I look this up. Right. When we talk about inflation, like the, those boomers don't understand it because we have higher inflation. <laughs> okay. October of <laughs> 1981, October of 1981, a typical house costs $70,000, 70 plus with a mortgage rate at 18.45%. The 870 monthly mortgage payment took up 55% of the average median income. Okay. Did we all get that? $870 mortgage payment in 1981 under 18% interest rate took up 55% of their income on an average, okay? Typical house today 434,978 averages over 6% mortgage payment 2061 eats up only only eats up 36% of the average median income. So let's talk about what those boomers just don't understand. They just don't understand what we're living in under inflation. Like they had 18% interest rate. Sorry. What's
3: even funnier is that if you take those percentages and you transfer them to what that would look like in today's money, it's astronomically different. Right. It is wildly more expensive, everything that they had to pay back then versus what we pay now.
2: It's crazy. The prices
3: are just Higher at the standard is raised at this point in time, but
1: right. Well, that's what I they look at, they look at the amount $70,000 and they right. say, Look, it didn't have to pay in the inflation. It's like, but let's talk about the interest rate, let's talk about what their average medium income it's It's just, yeah, right.
0: So, I think, oh, go, go ahead. ahead, no, no, go I ahead. think
1: Trinity wanted to say something.
0: No, she didn't. I, oh, did she
1: say it? <laughs> say it. Say it, say it, say it.
0: The world is listening. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 11 people,
0: <laughs> ouch.
2: Just reading numbers just shut look, your don't mouth don't <laughs> um well like i don't i don't remember things very well so i don't remember like what each generation or something is called but i did see a graph once with my mom and it was like they like asked like a 100 people back in the day like if they go to church or not like or how religious they are or whatever and like it's been going down ever since like This I am like trying to switch cameras at the same time. (laughs) And like it's been going down. So it used to be like 40% of people out of 100 people go to church on a a weekly basis. And now it's like down to like 20%. Like out of like, I'm like, I also thought I'm like, it also depends on where you ask. Um, There's not a lot of, (laughs) you know. Let's ask.
1: Detroit not many you people know, are going to church. Alaska.
2: You're like yeah. we're just going to count this because nobody lives here. So.
1: Well, I think that goes back to what we were saying in the beginning about how the church was a central focus and how not only do you build community, but it teaches you, if it teaches you properly, how to walk in Truth. kingdom finances.
0: <clears throat> I think she's so. saying it she's saying it right too. I think to round all this out, the boomers, you know, and the greatest generation um a lot of it was back in the day the greatest generation didn't have a lot of government interference. Right. They did have some, you know, when when you know, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson and stuff like that. But you didn't see a lot of that. And and uh, Victoria just said this. Now they tax more than they did back then, too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our wage, if you look at all taxes we pay and everything, that's about 50 something, 52, 55 yeah. percent of our wage gets actually taxed mm-hmm. of, uh, because you're paying taxes on the roads and the gas yeah. and the blah, blah, blah. Tax has gone up. Incredibly, I'm not disagreeing with the with the kid saying prices have gone up it's been difficult. It's yeah. been harder. We just never. I think our responsibility is to teach them. Hard times are always going to happen. Yeah. How do you overcome it? Right. How do you get out of your head and make it quit making excuses and moving forward?
1: Right. And I think that's then the whole thing. Uh, you know, on all the videos I've watched or made, I I want to point out that what they're saying is not necessarily wrong. Some of it's flat out wrong, but it's more about okay, what what do we do? Does what do we do? Sitting making a video blaming the older generations, helping anything now. Even though. Exactly. Yeah.
0: What's it supposed to do? I got to teach my boys. Yeah. Hey, you may have some hard times coming. So and I have this thing where we, she, uh, she <laughs> affirms how I discipline the kids. I think you do. You, you mm-hmm. affirm how I discipline the boys. Sometimes I'm tough, really tough. And she was like, you know, you're a little hard on them. It's like, you, you have to understand the world, their bosses don't care about their feelings. Yeah. They don't. They've got to learn that. Life is hard.
1: Yeah.
0: It's going to stink. Sometimes you're going to have unexpected tragedies. You're going to, it's just going to be that. that. The right. Bible promises you'll have tribulation, right. be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. How do I teach them that hard times are coming? That's just how it is. We've been through our hard times. Yeah. We know what it's like to eat ramen noodles and beans and rice. We, mm-hmm. we know that as a family. And we've also seen the goodness of God too. Yeah. We've seen the blessings and the promises. And I don't even know if prosperity is the blessing. I think just knowing Him more is the blessing. Right. Prosperity is just the after effect. But it's like now knowing who he is, how are my boys going to fare if I have not taught them what my dad taught me? Mm-hmm. Well, how are they going to fare? Because I know ki- no condemnation. I'm not saying this is wrong. But a lot of parents now will buy their kids a car. My daddy didn't do that. My dad yeah. said, yeah, how are you going to get that car? We're not doing it. He goes, he goes you're going to go get a bank loan? My dad was my first co-signer. He said, you will not miss a payment. I, b- I bought an $1,800 car from the banker, the president of the bank. It was a 1988 Crown Victoria, boy, maroon. Woo. I was straight Mexican. It was a boat, right? I loved that car. My first car ever. Dad helped me co-sign. I paid that thing off in a year because I was mm-hmm. working my butt off at 16. Yeah. I was working full time. Daddy taught me. This is how it is. It, and in our culture, Hispanic culture, we gave our checks to our parents.
1: Right. Yeah, let's talk about that.
0: So in <laughs> in, the, in white culture, like the 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 the, the American culture, I should yeah. say, it was, no, you keep your money. Yeah. You work hard. Right. I still I still pay for your food. Assembly. Starting them off on the wrong foot. I, I believe this. You're starting them off on the wrong foot because I gave my checks all to my parents till I moved out. Mm-hmm. You know what that taught me? Bills come first. Kids come first. Family comes first. Mm-hmm. Anything else after that's cake. Yeah, it's cake. It's cake. Yep. So I. that's how we were raised. We were raised hard. That, hey, this isn't a cookie cutter ride. This isn't mm-hmm. free. You know what I mean? So then when I got married, it was immediate. My dad used to teach me these principles like, if you if you can't make your house payment or your car payment, make sure you pay your car payment first because you can live in your car, but you can't drive your house. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, so make the car payment like that's Those principles were taught to me. Like, make sure you know what you do. And he's saying, don't get a car payment. He was really adamant. Don't get a car payment unless you really have to. That's why I bought the car. But I just want to start saving money for my sons because I want to be a good steward of my money. That's all I want to do. Right. So There's all these things. We could talk more and more and more and more. We see this. like, And I'm going to go back to Trinity's original comment. Can we really blame these kids for how they're taught when we've taught them and allowed them to be taught? Can we really blame this generation of kids of their depression because they don't understand what it's like to walk in joy and freedom? Mm
2: -hmm. It's it's never the... Like, you can look at a kid, and it could be a really, like, messed up kid and, like, disobedient and stuff. But you can't look at a kid and say it's their fault. It's always going to be the parents fault if you think about it and i think the reason that this generation is like not worse but like more entitled and yeah exactly is because of the way that the parents raised them because there's been a lot more like i looked at the charts for like like divorces and stuff like that can really mess up kids Mm -hmm. like it and i think this is something that i literally thought of yesterday and i was like so If the dad, if the first dad leaves, that means that his son is not going to know how to be a good dad, which means when he has kids, he's not going to know how to be a good dad to his kids. Mm -hmm. So that means that his kids are not going to be good dads and you don't know how many and it's just going to keep going. And that's why I think because these are all of the this has all happens to what this is the like the result of all of those is the dad, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no. No, you do know. You literally do what Carrie does. She says a good thing, and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do know. You just literally drop bombs on us right now. Praise God. That's what I'm saying. She's right. It Look, it is on us. Mm-hmm. The thing I don't want the young generation is to keep making excuses as to who it was or keep blaming. Yeah. Okay, we have a job to do, church. Quit blaming. Well, we didn't preach. We didn't have people evangel. Okay, cool. What are you going to do, and how's the supernatural power of God going to flow right. through us as we preach the gospel in the streets? Right. Because the streets need it. How many of our neighbors know the gospel and know that we're Christians? How many of us know that they're right in front of us? Everywhere we go, we have an opportunity to preach the gospel. Everywhere we go, right? And it's like, people are like, well, I'm just not, you know, how do I start that? You're never going to know until you start. You're never going to know until you do it. You know, like, what if it was your kid dealing with this stuff? Wouldn't you want someone else to help step in for you? Like, because right. you can't reach out. That's what I'm talking about. To he who's been forgiven much loves much. Mm-hmm. I just want to love God more, right? So we got a job to do. And we got to keep going and moving forward. This was, this was, I just want to say this. She didn't know what we were talking about today. Mm-hmm. This was all in her heart. This is 13 years old. My, my oldest boy, he's talking to me about this stuff. He's like, I don't get why people act like this. Like they see it too.
1: Yeah.
0: They're seeing the problems. The thing is, is how do we teach them not to be victims?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do we teach them, dude? Okay. So there's an issue, right? Your, your family's not going to be, Hey, you know, trend, did you know your family's not going to be perfect? <laughs> right. I tell my boys, you know, we're not going to be perfect, right? I'm going to teach you things. You're going to be like, Dad, I wish you never would have taught me that. Or mm-hmm. you're going to get older. They're going to tell their kids, man, I wish I never would have learned that. Right? Because I have issues. I, I, I'm flawed. My heart is for Christ. And they know that. So when I go up to them and say, man, forgive me, buddy. I shouldn't have done yeah. that. Or I shouldn't have yelled at you like that. Or I shouldn't have done this. They go back to, it's okay, Dad. We get mm-hmm. it. You know, you, you know you're yeah. psycho.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anyways, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Ooh, look at Victoria's comment. Can you post that?
3: Here it is. Read it. It is on us to break the cycle and make the change.
1: Come
0: on. Boom. There it is. Let's go. So, guys, go to truth.com. I hope you guys learned something from this podcast. I hope it doesn't make you angry. It makes you active. That's the whole point Mm -hmm. here. We don't want you to be angry. We want you to be active. We have a job to do. All of you who are saying, what do I do? I want to do something for Jesus. Literally, look around. Your neighbors are calling out for it. These young people are calling for it. Mm-hmm. They need you and your testimony and your witness. Yeah. These little, I'll just, go ahead.
1: No, I'll, go ahead. I'm done. Okay. I was just going to say, uh, we're coming to an end here of 2022. Um, oh, our yeah. focus for next year, technically our focus when we started Self Evident was to reach youth. And yeah. it's never changed. We've just got us open so many more door, doors for you know us to minister and reach people. But with 2023 coming, we are really doing a push and a focus to reach youth, which means doing schools, both private and public, doing colleges, youth groups, you know, wherever God opens the door. And he's already been opening the doors for that for events next year. So two things. If you know of an event or youth group, school, history teacher, anything that would be willing to host this message on both Mike or Massey to speak, please contact us. You can call uh, the number that's on our website or you can email us or reach out to us through Facebook. Second thing is a lot of times youth events don't have the finances to pay for us to come. So we never charge youth events. We don't. With that being said. The main reason how or the main way we do this is through our monthly support base. So if you would like to jump on with our monthly support team, which is called Torchbearers, we are really pushing and hoping and praying to raise our monthly support base by 3000. Um, and that will cover all of our monthly budget. And so we don't have to, again, focus and worry about budgets. So if you would like to jump on that and sow into some good seeds, sow into this next generation, Please go online, the self evident or reach out to us and we will gladly get you signed up.
0: Yeah. Get on our website, too. You'll see our yeah. newsletter of what happened this year. Like, dude, we could have done way more events. But with my person, partner, friend, awesome <laughs> wife, there's too many expletives to talk that, that there, there's too many things I could say about her that are perfect. But she was down, you know, and she got healed. Praise God. But we didn't tour as much as we needed to and mm-hmm. wanted to. But still, much was accomplished. Right. It really taught us about the local governments. We need to get more involved in local and things like that. So on our website, you can see, and also on our social media, you can see our newsletter, what happened uh, right. from, from 2022, and what you sowed into and why it's fertile ground. People are changing. That's what's big. Right. And you can't change everyone, but man, you can change that one who can change 50. Amen. You know, So please sow into us. Uh, we love when you guys give and support, and we pray for you and, and, and all that stuff. So we love you. True, true. God bless. <laughs> Tune in next week on Monday as me and Mike will come back and t- cover something good and share the video. Share. How does it hurt you to share? It's just a but Share. That's it. God bless. We'll see you soon. Say goodbye to Carrie. Bye. I love you. <laughs> wow.